you ready for the word? I am ready to deliver this thing. I am so excited about Christmas. Don't you know that Christmas is always lit? You know that? Now, some of you think it's something else, but in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that thought. I mean, it's lit up. I mean, look around at Christmas time, all the lights that are up, and I believe that it's a reminder of what Christmas really is about. And we're going to see it today through the scriptures. Now, last Sunday, as we began this series, When Heaven Meets Earth, When Heaven Meets Earth, we focused on the loss of heaven on earth, the loss of heaven on earth. We laid the foundation for this series last week, sharing about how through man's disobedience, man lost heaven on earth, but that God in the garden set in motion the process for restoration and reconciliation. Now today, as we continue our series of When Heaven Meets Earth, we're going to notice and focus on the fact that Jesus, Jesus brings heaven to earth. Say Jesus. Jesus brings heaven to earth. Now, if you didn't know on live stream, I'm going to get a picture taken right now. And normally they get pictures of me when I'm doing stuff that, you know, but. All right. You got it, right? Yeah, it's going to be good. You know why? It's an iPhone 13, by the way. <laughs> now, let me begin this message with this a story, actually a true account. In the October 2001 edition of National Geographic, it had an amazing article on the power of light. The article introduction read, Light reveals the world to us. Body and soul crave it. Light sets our biological clocks. It triggers in our brains the sensations of color. Light feeds us, supplying the energy of plants to grow. It inspires us with special effects like rainbows and sunsets. Light also gives us life-changing tools, from incandescent bulbs to laser and fiber optics. Scientists don't fully understand what light is or what it can do. They just know that it will illuminate our future. Now, there is a, a, an evangelist, a famous evangelist of times past that has gone on to be with the Lord. His name was Morris Cerullo, and he would often say this, All truth is parallel. All truth is parallel. Just like in the natural, light is necessary, so in the spiritual, light is necessary. Now, with that understanding, let's look at what the Scripture reveals in the first chapter of the book of Luke. Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 79. Luke 1, 67 through 79. It says, then his father, whose father? John the Baptist, his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited us and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant. 
the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear, in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And then he prophesied over his son, And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High, because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. I want you to notice that in this prophetic declaration, Zechariah not only prophesied what his son would accomplish, but he also revealed why Jesus came from heaven to earth. The function that he would perform in carrying out this this uh, proclamation. The Bible tells us the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. And let me just speak prophetically and boldly. I believe that in the United States of America, the morning light from heaven is breaking upon us. You can experience the, what the darkness has caused on our nation and have at the same time the people of God interceding and praying with passion, looking to God, understanding that He is our only hope, and God not fulfill what He has promised to do. Church, I want you to get ready with me, because not only in this house, but in houses of worship across this nation, where there has been a remnant of people that have refused to believe, this is the end of our days, but there's more that our God will do, because He's promised to take us from glory to glory, and the glory of the latter house will be greater than former. The light from heaven is about to break out upon us. Now, let me point out a couple of things regarding the light from heaven. The morning light from heaven is the hope of glory. The morning light from heaven is the hope of glory. There is a story about how the caverns north of Yellowstone National Park, were discovered. As the story goes, one of the original explorers was walking along the top of the mountain and fell through a hole, and he dropped down several hundred feet into this cavern and was stuck in almost total darkness for over a week. No food, no water. He cried out every day, Help me, hoping that somebody would hear his voice and figure out that he was down there. Sure enough, a guy came along and heard this faint sound and looked around and found the hole. They dug him out, and that's how they found this giant cavern. They asked him, how did you hold on to hope day after day after day? In the dark, without giving up. He said, there was one little pinhole ray of light that was coming through. And I just kept focused 
on that ray of light. The scripture says in Hebrews 12 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me say to you, the light from heaven is shining today. And no matter the darkness that seems to surround you and is overwhelming any desire in you to believe that there is a way out. I've come to tell you because the light from heaven is breaking out and is shining. There is hope for you. Don't you give up. Don't you get, get give in. But look to Jesus. Fix your eyes on Him. He is your light and your guarantee that you're coming out. He is the hope of glory. That's what Paul said in Colossians 1.27. He said, this is a mystery. Christ in you. The hope of glory. The assurance that you will experience what who God is and what God can do because glory is from the Greek word doxa and Jesus said you remember at the tomb of Lazarus he said to Martha he said did I not tell you that if you would believe you would see what the glory of God you will see the manifestation of who God is and what God can do and it doesn't matter how dire the circumstance is God the hope of glory in Jesus Christ is able to bring Bring a dead man out of the tomb who's been there for four days. Don't you think he can turn it around for you? The hope of glory. And here's a second truth I want you to get a hold of. The hope of glory comes to rewrite our story. The hope of glory comes to rewrite our story. Now, in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 in the New King James, we read this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not was made was not nothing made that, that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. Watch this. And the darkness did not comprehend it. But watch how it reads in the message. In the message it states, The Word was first. The Word present to God. God present to the Word. The Word was God. In readiness from, for God from day one, everything was created through Him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without Him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life light, watch this, the life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. The life light blazed and the darkness couldn't put it out. Do you understand what the Word reveals? There was an occasion, according to Luke's Gospel, when they wanted to throw Jesus over a cliff. But you know what happened? Jesus walked right through them. He walked right through them. In spite of their intention. Jesus came to his own. And he was rejected by his own. Jesus was mocked. Jesus 
was made fun of. Jesus was accused of being a lunatic. Jesus was accused of being a son of the devil. Jesus experienced mockery. Jesus experienced false accusation. Jesus experienced ill attempts by men to destroy him. But I want you to understand that ultimately when Jesus died, it wasn't because of the hands of men. He voluntarily laid his life but he didn't stay dead because he wanted to prove there is no darkness that I cannot break through. The light blazed. The darkness couldn't put it out. So I want to say to you, I don't know what you're going through, but I know who can see you through what you're going through. The light of life. And as one commentator pointed out, Jesus not only spoke words, that lead to eternal life. But according to this verse, He is the very words of life, referring to the eternal life of joy and fulfillment which He provides. Putting this all together for the Jews of Jesus' time, the Word was more than language and communication. The Word meant life, power, And was personally involved with them. Jesus, as the word of God means, perfect relationship with God and with us. We can approach the throne of God with confidence, knowing that Jesus, as the word of God, has done it all. And watch this. The word, according to John, the word made something Out of nothing come into being. The Word made something out of nothing come into being. John 1 tells us what happened in Genesis 1. There's a connection between what Moses declared under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1, and what John the Apostle reveals in his gospel. Watch this. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 5, says, In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. Watch this. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, let's break it down a little bit. The Word reveals that our earth, before God ever spoke and issued a command, it tells us that our earth was Without form and void. The two Hebrew words, tohu and bohu, they're related, would be rendered as unformed and unfilled. So the earth was unformed and unfilled. As pointed out by Bible teacher Dr. Warren Wearsby, Scripture doesn't reveal why God chose to start His creative work with a chaotic mass that was dark, formless, and empty. But the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters would bring order out of chaos and beauty 
and fullness out of emptiness. He can still do that with the lives of those who yield to him. The simple account in Genesis presents us with one God who alone created all things and is still in control in all of his creation. And Wearsby continues pointing out there's a pattern to God's activities during the creation week. Watch this. First, he formed and then he filled. First, he formed and then he filled. He made three spheres of activities. The heavens, the land masses, and the waters. And then he filled them with appropriate forms of life. Woo! One of the first things God reveals about the way he works in our lives follows the same pattern. God is working out his purpose in our lives. He continually forms us. And fills us. And we can count on his participation as surely as we can count on the daily patterns of sunrise and sunset. I want to make it clear today. It doesn't matter how chaotic your life is right now. I'm talking about the morning light that has come. The God that created the heavens and the earth is saying, if you will invite me in your chaotic mess, I will show you how I can bring calm to chaos. I can bring peace to your panic. I can bring audacity to your anxiety. I can bring strength to your weakness. Our God is able out of nothing to create something. And so even though you feel I've got nothing left, there's nothing at my disposal by which to rebuild my life. The devil is a liar. The light of the world has come to declare their is hope for you and the hope of glory has come to share your story can be rewritten Woo! Ah. and then God said say God said this phrase God said will occur ten times in chapter one of Genesis as a means of bringing about life and order God said watch this This is the power of God's spoken word, Jesus, the living word, and the spirit-inspired written word. Let me say it again. This is the power of God's spoken word, of Jesus, the living word, and of God's inspired written word. What are you saying, Pastor? That when God speaks, stuff comes into being that hasn't existed before. When God speaks, disorder comes into order. When God speaks, that which is unformed begins to be formed and find shape. When God speaks... Fullness replaces emptiness. When God speaks, fruitfulness comes in place of barrenness. When God speaks, blind men are able to see. When God speaks, lame men are able to walk. When God speaks, deaf ears are open. When God speaks, 
Dead men come out of tombs walking. When God speaks, the waves and the sea must calm down and the storm must cease. When God speaks, when God speaks, you got to know that there is power. That's why the angel said, with God, all things are possible. But watch this. In the literal Greek, it means this. With God, no word is void of power. In other words, every word that God proclaims is backed up by His omnipotence. Y'all think you've seen me in crazy form. You still haven't. i got my dad's scenes, and I'm like about to jump off here and run back there. My dad was cray-cray. Now watch this, though. When Jesus speaks... Stuff happens. Watch this. In the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, verses 8 through 10. Matthew 8, 8 through 10. Matthew 8, 8 through 10. says, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also, watch this, am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes. And to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, watch this, and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. This centurion understood something. Jesus, the living word. All he has to do is speak and conditions change. He said, I don't need you to come to my house and pray over my servant. Just speak the word. And I know my servant will be healed. And the reason I know that, because I'm a man of authority and I understand that you have authority. That from where you're at can change the condition of my servant. Even though he's miles away from where we're standing right now. Can I tell you, how many of you are redeemed children of God? You, you served. Can I tell you, when you have faith in Jesus, the living word, when you have faith in him, he says to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed and it will be moved. Why? Because God's word is powerful when it is declared by faith. This is why the devil wants you and I to remain silent when we're facing adverse circumstances. He wants us to remain silent in our pain. He wants us to remain silent in the moment. Moments of trial and trouble and tribulation. But God is looking for one of his children that will stand up and say, I will be silent no more, but I will declare the works of my God. I will declare his word so that then he can confirm his word. Because the only word he confirms is that which is declared. And then it tells us in God saw in Genesis, God saw the light that it was good. Think about it. Life as we know it could not exist without the light of the sun. And later in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul saw in the creative act of the work of God in the new creation, the salvation of the lost. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God, who said, let there be light 
in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts. Why? So we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. And again, in John 1, 4, John the Apostle wrote, The Word gave life to everyone that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. So we see that God saw the light, and He said it was good. And keep in mind that when He created the light, He called it good, and He, he divided, the Bible says, light from darkness. But the only part He called good was light, not the darkness. Read the scripture. He didn't call darkness good, only the light. Only the light. God divided the light from the darkness. Why? Because throughout scripture, light is associated with Christ. In John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In the scriptures, light is associated with Christ, but it's also associated with the word of God. In Psalm 119, 105, the psalmist said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In Psalm 119, 130, he said, the entrance of your word or the exposition, the unfolding of your word gives light and it gives wisdom to the simple. That's what God's word is. It's like light. And then the Bible associates light with God's people. He said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. And then he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. And Light is associated with God's blessing. Proverbs 4.18 tells us that the path of the just is like a shining light. The sun of the morning, it shines brighter and brighter as the day proceeds. So light is also associated with God's blessing. On the other hand, darkness is associated with Satan, with the devil. When Jesus was about to yield himself... To the ill will of the religious leaders of his day that would then lead to his crucifixion. He said this in Luke twenty-two fifty-three: This is the hour. And he says, the hour of darkness. This is the hour for the power of darkness. He was referring to Satan is going to have a temporary opportunity to do what he's will to do. Try to exterminate me. And the Bible reveals in Ephesians 6.12 that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principality, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this age. Light is associated with Satan, but it's also associated with sin. Because the Bible says that if a person's eye is bad, speaking metaphorically, spiritually, if a person's eye is bad, then their body will be full of darkness. Matthew 6.22 and 23 the Bible tells us that men didn't like the light because the light would expose their deeds of darkness in John three nineteen through 21. And the Bible associates darkness with death in Job 3, 4 through 6 and Job 3, 9. And also with spiritual ignorance. That's why it says in John 1, 5, and the light shined in the darkness and the darkness couldn't comprehend it, couldn't understand it. Speaking of spiritual ignorance, this explains why. God separated the light from the darkness, for the two have nothing in common. So what do we learn from the Genesis account? It reveals this. The true state of life without light. What are you saying, Pastor? 
without the light, your life will remain unformed and unfilled. Without the light, you will not experience the raw material that God has placed in you come to fruition, come to its fullness. You need the light of life. But it also reveals the true light makes things right. When His light shines, what happens? The unformed begins to be formed, to be fashioned. The unfilled begins to be filled. And then the Bible says this, watch this, in Luke chapter 1, verses 78 through 79. It says, through the tender mercy of our God in the New King James, with which the day spring, notice, day spring from on high has visited us, speaking of Jesus, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. A great orator, preacher from London, who I admire and have enjoyed reading, his name Charles Spurgeon, he wrote this. He said, Jesus has come. Moreover, not as a blaze which will soon die down, but as a light which will last our day, yea, last forever. After the long dark and cold night of our misery, the Lord comes in the fittest and most effectual manner, neither as lightning or candle nor flaming meteor, but as the sun which begins the day. The visits of God are like the day spring because they end our darkness. The day spring banishes the night. Our night is ended once for all when we behold God visiting us in Jesus Christ. Then he concludes by saying, our day may cloud over, but night will not return. Oh, you that are in the blackest midnight, if you can but view, get a view of Christ, morning will have come to you. I want to remind you that at, in life, there are moments when it seems like we are walking in the dark. But I've come to assure us we may feel like like we're walking in the dark, but we have the light of life. Therefore, we have hope. Therefore, we have help. Therefore, we have healing. Therefore, we have the confidence that God is going to lead us through. He's going to lead us out. We are not stuck as children of God, children of light in darkness. Darkness can't hold us. Darkness can't in, cannot restrict us. Darkness can no longer confine us. If you put me late in the midnight hour in a solid confinement. All I got to do is raise my voice and my God will come and manifest His power in the middle of my midnight and make things right. Woo! And in John 12, 46, Jesus said, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me, watch this, should stay in darkness. Again, John 8, 12, He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but watch this, but shall have the light of life. 
What are you saying, Pastor? When you follow Jesus, the light of life, what happens is your steps become more sturdy, more steadfast. Your steps become more assured. Your steps become more secure and certain. Why? Because you're not walking in the dark. You're not walking in the dark. The more you follow the light of life, the more your walk becomes steady. Why? Because you get more clarity. You get more understanding. You get more wisdom. You get more insight. You get more heavenly perspective. And though the enemy comes with his schemes, God's strategy gives you light that overcomes all his manipulation and his schemes. And so today I want to encourage you, open up to the light of life. He's shining today, but you've got to give him your yes. You've got to say, yes, Lord, shine on me. And you can feel right now, but my life, it's in chaos. Then you're a candidate for his light to bring order. But I feel empty in my life. Good. If you invite him, the creator, the light of life, he will bring fullness into your emptiness. Father, I thank you today. For the light, the morning light that you promised would break upon us. And I believe right now your light is shining on this place. Your light is shining, Lord. There are some people that have been in the dark, but today you're shining your light on them. You're shining your favor on them. You're shining, Lord, to bring about order where there's been disorder. To bring about fullness where there's been emptiness. I believe right now, Father, you're bringing about. You're working. And I thank you that just like in Genesis 1, you were at work even in the dark because your word says that while the earth was unformed and unfilled the spirit of God was hovering was moving upon the face of the deep you were moving even in the darkness you were moving Somebody needs to know that today. God is moving. I know, I know. You've been in a season of darkness. God wants you to know I'm moving. My spirit is hovering. My spirit is working. You're not in the dark alone. My spirit is working. He's doing the preparation. And then comes my illumination. And when my illumination comes, the byproduct of that is transformation. Mm -hmm. Right now, Lord, thank you. You're shining your light right now. I'm going to invite you that would be bold enough to admit, Pastor, there's some chaos going on. There's some disorder going on in my life right now. And I need God through His light and through the power of His Word to bring order. I need Him to work. 
There's others of you that would be honest to say, I know there's areas in my life that remain unformed and unfilled because I've tried through cheap substitutes and my own ways to form and fill. And yet today, if truth be told, I'm dealing with the disrepair of my choices. I'm dealing with the emptiness of trying to go my way, do it my way. But I want God to do His work in me. I want to invite you right now to come forward to this front area we call the altar. If that's you, you want God to bring calm into your chaos, you come. You're bold enough to admit, I need God to fill me. There's areas in my life that have been empty. And I've tried through other ways to fill them, but I'm empty. I want God to fill me with this fullness. You come right now. You come. Because I know His Spirit has been at work throughout this service. And all He's looking for is your yes. Give Him your yes. And His light will shine on you. Come on. Give Him your yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. This is your day to experience the One who created the heavens and the earth bringing into existence what doesn't exist but you what you hoped for and longed for yeah his power is able that's it you come there's others of you you need to be up here because you know you know you know that you need fullness in your life and you've been running on empty god is saying I want to fill you. When I fill you, you will be satisfied. And your life will become fruitful. You know you want that. You come. You come as well. Come on. This is your moment. I know. I know. that I feel the Holy Spirit at work right now. I really do. There's more of you that need to just say, God, I'm giving you my yes today given you my yes. I'm tired of going my way. I'm tired of trying my way. It's not working. Just let yourself do the yielding. As I've often said, we do the yielding. God does the building. And He also does the filling. Our PW crew is going to sing right now. And you keep coming if that's you. You come. You join these that have already come. This is your moment. 